please welcome John Cooper from Skillet. Thank you. What's up? It smells like french fries in here, right? It does. It smells awesome. I feel like somebody needs to bring us some. So, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this, just off the start, just because we had the weather and stuff. Like, What do you like about playing outdoor festivals? No, not that weather. I don't like that at all. <laughs> It's better for me than y'all because, you right. know, I get to sit in the bus and go, whoa, that sucks for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but for us, I mean, festivals are awesome because uh, you never, a band like Skillet would never draw 20,000 people to a concert, you know. So it's really cool. It's a great chance to get to play for people that might not normally like Skillet's music. I, it's hard to imagine these people exist, but they do. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, there are some people that just like... That's right. We got to show them the light. Show me the way, and uh, we're gonna show them the way to the rock. That could be in homonym because Jesus is the rock. But that's really not what I meant. But that's better. That, that Jesus is a lot better than rock and roll. But uh, it, it's cool because um, the whole festival atmosphere—that's what summer's for for me. It's like summer festivals, hot dogs. Meat so, on a stick, so, you know, so funnel you, cakes. Do you, like, sneak over and get some of that? Like, Sometimes I do. I, right now, I'm, I'm in a time where I'm not supposed to be, you see. We have all these videos coming yeah, right, out, right, yeah, right, right, and, right. and I'll see the video. I'll be like, eh, too much cheeseburgers. But, yes, yeah, sometimes I do. Okay. Like the little Philly cheese steaks that they do. In the, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, so what's your favorite festival thing? Like, like funnel cake. Oreo, funnel cake? Oh, all right. funnel cake. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. And I'm a little bit of a traditionalist when it comes to funnel cake. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like, my, my wife, she never eats stuff like that. But if she did, she wants, like, everything that God ever created on top of the funnel cake. Absolutely. I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to, to desserts, ice cream. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the, the sugar. But I don't want, like, and syrup and chocolate chips. And I'm just like, man, it's just too much. I, I need, like, just, mm. All right, all right. So I, yeah. I, I hear you got an album coming out. You've released some new songs. Oh, it's so. uh, it's a hit. All right, talk to us about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we have a new record coming out next month. Uh, the record's called Victorious. We're going to play a new song tonight, right. which is called Legendary that some people know. I know you know. You've seen it already. Prob no, you haven't seen us play it live yet. All right. Uh, we know each other. Obviously. He's seen us like 565 times. Uh, <laughs> each one better than the last. Anyway, uh, so we're playing new music tonight. The new song is called Legendary, and uh, you can get it now. So if you, you know, you pre-order the record, then there's three songs available now to listen to that will get you through a, work, a week of, of hard work. So where can we find those? Uh, iTunes. You can listen on Spotify. You can pre-order the record on iTunes or on Skillet.com. If you do it on Skillet.com, you, you have... The option to buy like these bundles, you know, with like a signed poster and a T-shirt and yada yada. Yeah. All right. Cool. It's the way to go. All right. So some of us have seen you live in concert, and I know a lot of times you guys use pyrotechs and you use stuff like that. Has anybody ever caught on fire at one of your shows? <laughs> Just want to know. No. Okay. That's the short version. <laughs> We've had some mishaps. Um, one time, a tiny piece. <laughs> A tiny piece of Jen's hair apparently caught fire. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. 
it wasn't me, so I don't care. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm a nice person. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. It's for the fans, Jen. And I'm like, if, if it happens, get it on camera. It's got to go on iTunes. I mean, uh, uh, Instagram stories. I need to make money off of your pain. But anyway, the truth is this. That when Jen first joined the band, she was quite young. And Jen's not from a rock and roll world. She's from um, more like pop music world. So when she was coming to Skillet, I was like, here's the thing. Jesus is the best thing in the world. Rock and roll is next. And you know nothing of rock and roll. You know how like uh, Jack Black says, we shall teach them of rock and roll. Remember that? And, uh, you know, uh, it's true, isn't it? He's kind of like a preacher. Anyway, uh, so I'm like, here's the things that matter. So when we first started doing pyrotechnics, Jim was like really, really afraid. I'm like, it's not going to hurt you. It's fine. And so on like the second or third show, she's like, you could smell like something burning. And my pyro guy was like, I think a spark did hit her hair. I think it was on fire for a second. But I refused to tell her that it was true. Kind of like you do a kid. Like, right, right. It's, not even, it's not even bleeding. It's, don't look. It's not even bleeding. You're like, oh, God, get the splitter. But it's like gushing. It was like that with her because she was young. And I'm like, oh, I don't think it really did. Because <laughs> for a guy, if your hair catches fire during a rock and roll show, that's bragging rights. You know, you're like, that's right. That's how tough I am. So we've caught a couple of amplifiers on fire. We burned one down to the ground, but it was only the second time it caught fire that it really went out. We burned a towel one time. We got a new pyro guy, and we haven't burned anything in like seven years. So we're good. Yeah. I think we had the wrong pyro guy, I think. Yeah. So, so seriously, though, how does that work? Like, did they lay out a grid on the stage and say, you can jump here, don't land here, like... Like, because you're all over the place. Like, yeah. you, you're not very calm on stage. No, I'm not very so. calm off stage. You know what sure, I'm saying? Right, right. Um, yeah, that's the thing about a skillet show and, and shows like that, whether it was, you know, big rock shows, Kiss and, and all these kind of bands, is that it did, definitely ushered in a new thing that would be a little bit more like theater, which was you have to be at certain places at certain times, um, not just for choreography, but for safety. So it's not necessarily like there's a place, you, you know where you're not supposed to be. Uh, and it's not like X'd off, but it's really obvious because there's like a big propane head there, right, that's about to... You just, you, so you need to know what's happening. Right. And uh, we're very safe. And, and, and every, before we go on stage, I say, everybody remember where the cues are. I'll go over the cues with the band. I've always got everything in my head. I'm like a robot like that. This is what happens, and don't stand there, and X, Y, and Z. So we haven't had any mishaps, but there's a little bit of danger involved in, in the skillet show. So when you're putting together a set, I mean, you guys got so many songs that everybody loves to hear. How do you prepare for a night like tonight? I mean, how do you go through and pick the songs, you know, yeah. like, how do you do that? I know the songs that I must play or that people <laughs> will get really mad, you know. I don't want to. And those are, those are like, like, give me two or three of those. Uh, Monster, okay. you know, Hero, yeah. Feel Invincible, um, stuff like that. If you don't play, people will be really mad. We are playing stars. I don't know who said that. Somebody over here said that. Yes. You don't want people. I don't want her getting mad tonight. Sure. She's like, I'm never coming again. I went to go see a concert, and it was a guy that I didn't really know. I only knew one song. He had one hit song. It's like, it was years ago. Most, well, a lot of you guys weren't even born. The parents were. You guys remember that song? 
She's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. It was kind of nerdy, but it was on piano. I was like, I don't know any of his other songs, but my wife liked that song, and we'll go, because I'm just that kind of romantic guy. We went to see him, and he played for two hours and did not play his one-hit song. Yeah, so I called him backstage, and I just sucker-punched him. You know what I mean? That's what she... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this person... You know, <gasps> no, I'm joking. Christians don't do that. It was more like... It was a kick. It was more like, what's that? But really, I paid all this money. Play your one good song, okay? Anyway, uh, you got to play songs that people want to hear. And then I like to throw in some stuff if I'm feeling selfish. Like, I like this song. I have the microphone. I'm playing it. But it, some, some songs are really good live, but they're not necessarily like hit songs. Right. But they have that live thing, if it's up-tempo, perhaps. Crowd chanting songs. you got to mix it up. All right, so Justin Bieber's made this popular now. So I want to know, if you could put somebody in an octagon yeah. for five minutes, who would you take on? Uh, I don't want to fight anybody. <laughs> Certainly not Tom Cruise. I don't know what he was thinking of. You know, I think Tom Cruise, it might, he might be an alien because he's never he hadn't gotten older in right, 30 right. or 40 years. Right. So uh, you're kind of like, you know, what if, you know. He might be like Dumbledore or something like that, you know? Like, I don't know. He might be fighting Tom Cruise. He'll be like, expecto patronum. I mean, I'm a Christian, so I don't read about magic. Right, right, right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But if I did, I bet that's what those rods were like in the Old Testament. They were throwing them down, turning to say, they're like, expecto patronum. Not really. But there's magic in the Bible a little bit, too. That was, but that was... All right, so Dark. if you've got a question and you would like to get it in, if you guys would come over here and line up, I'm going to ask just one more question. So if you've got a few that you want to line up, and we'll kind of go until time's up. So if we may not get to everybody, so I'm going to apologize now. We'll so, make it a lightning round. Yeah, we'll do as quick as we can. So here, here's my final question. What is it like to tour with your wife? Um, I, it's, I mean, we've been doing it since we've been married. We've been married for 22 years. So the only life we've ever known has been tour life together. So it's, uh, to us, it's kind of normal. It is hard in terms of, um, um, it's hard because you never get any real, like, alone time. It's the space that you don't have. So learning to work your problems out in front of other people. You should probably get my band here. <laughs> What's it like touring with John and Cora? They're like, they start screaming. It's kind of awkward, um, you know. And I'm the big one, and she's the little one, but she's the fierce one. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we all, you oh, don't yeah. want, like, that little, that little mean squirrel or something. You know, like, ah! Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We know what to do. It had fangs. I don't know if you remember that movie. Anyhow, um, the parents remember that, right? That's right. right. <laughs> and Monty Python. But uh, it is hard being married, being on the road. You just have to learn how to work out your problems in front of people. And, and, uh, but we have a real passion for the music, mainly a passion for the gospel, um, how to get the gospel out to the world through the medium of music. It's such an awesome thing. And I think because of that passion, we just always have the, the big picture in mind, and that really, that really helps. All right, so here you go. Okay. No, you don't get to touch it. <laughs> don't do touch the microphone. I do announcements at church, I and I just... I know. I have all these pastors. <laughs> I'm going to take it. It's all right. So um, when I get in the car, the default music, you know, in your iPhone, is it always goes to skillet, so my kids hear it, like, at the top of their lungs. I'm like, 
okay, it's just skillet. So we're like listening to it all the time. So if anybody knows how to turn that off, come and find me. Because even though I love it, I love it. Oh, we don't need to know that. But it's been like two years. When we get in the car, it's like, good job. So anyway, we were sitting around the campfire last night. And the question was, if you could be anyone for one day, who would you be? And just to stay relevant, I said, obviously, Jen Ledger or Corey Cooper. Um, So same question to you. If you could be anyone for a day, who would you be? Oh, maybe Rabbi Zacharias, maybe, somebody like that. Somebody that's real smart. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. Um, hey, thanks for doing this. Um, I want to start with an acknowledgement before the question, but they're related. So um, I love that the music the Lord gives you guys, um, you all, because obviously there's not just guys, um, it it just ministers to so many hearts because I, I, even people that aren't believers, I straight up know they aren't, um, I'll be like, but they like the sound, that similar sound, I'll be like, you should listen to Skillet, like consistently, they'll come back and be like, yeah, they're legit, you know, and I love that. So the question is, what are the things that you all do that inspire the various, uh, you know, song topics and, and so forth? And are you going to do a wide and, uh, awake and alive? <laughs> alive and awake. Yeah. But that's yeah. my question. Oh, thanks so much. Um, you know, <clears throat> I just get inspired by like, you know, real things like conversations with friends or family, with my pastor, things I'm reading about in the, in the Bible or elsewhere, things that kind of make me think, oh, you know, things that matter. I like, thing, I like talking about things that matter. And, um, and I think most of my songs are all, kind of all come out of that experience of something that God's spoken to me about or that I've read in the Bible that I want to do. Or maybe that I know I'm not doing, but that I know I should. You know, Monster was a song like that that was like that, that feeling when you, 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 you had a bad day and you took it out on your kids when they didn't deserve it. They say when you're all stressed out and you're like, I don't know. You know and then you're like, oh, I just became my dad and, and you don't want to do that. And you, you know that you need to be changed. You're not walking in the spirit, basically. Uh, I like writing about things like that that, that really matter. And, and I think that maybe some of the reason people relate to Skillet's music so much is because we're so authentic and we never try to, to be something that we're not, just kind of unapologetically us. And sometimes that's worked in our favor and sometimes it hasn't, you know. <laughs> uh, but I think that people kind of, they believe it. You always want to believe in the art that you're looking at. You know, it's not disingenuous. You're welcome. So... I've been listening to you guys since Invincible and Alien Youth. Saw you guys first time here. I think it was Creation 99. Awesome. Got kind of two questions for you here real quickly. First of all, are you going to bring that hairstyle back from Thank Alien you. Youth and Invincible? I, ca- I, I can't. When I, was I don't have kid. enough hair anymore. Uh, but I wish I could. Serious question, though. One of my students wanted to know, what's your favorite song that you guys play? Uh, probably Rebirthing from our Comatose album. Yes. We're going to play it tonight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot. I'm glad you guys know it. I love it. Batman. Hey, what's up? Um, okay, so out of all the albums you have, which one do you think has the best cover art? Best cover art. I don't think I've ever been asked that. There's a few of them that I really liked. Uh, we had a record called Collide that was a bit older. That one was cool because it was so dark and and. Uh, I mean, I like the I like the message of it. For those who haven't seen it, it's got like a what do you call those things that seamstress use to like 
He has like a mannequin, you know, and it had like it had wings on the back and had like a snake around. I like the dichotomy of it because it was an album that was about uh, fear and faith, you know, the juxtaposition of fear and faith. So it had the darkness of the snake and. I just thought it was a really cool concept, and, and I liked because it kind of just looked really metal. You know, I had a metal look to it, which I thought was really fun. Probably is my favorite. Uh, I, you know, I'm currently very, every artist is always really excited about their new projects, so <laughs> maybe because it's not old to me yet. You know, the newest album cover is called Victorious, and if you haven't seen it, it's got like a picture of me with like a big shield. It kind of has like a cool, you know, Braveheart or Game of Thrones type look to it, and I think that's kind of cool because it kind of looks like a, I look like a Viking or something, you know. It's kind of get that war thing, and I, I like the war, uh, thing quite a bit. I just want to thank you for all the music you've written. You guys have been like a favorite band of mine for so long, and you guys really transformed what the idea of Christian music was to oh. me, which was a huge like life changing moment and. Really what drew me in was Rebirthing was the first one and that the concept of like the strings with the metal was like, it was a crazy sound. And I'm just wondering because that's a really unique sound that I had never really heard before that. So I'm wondering where that kind of came from, like the idea yeah. of let's add violins and cello to our metal music. So if you could just talk about sure. where that came from. Well, thank you very much. I, I think that maybe just... You know, you're always on a journey with your music, and you want to try something maybe that's new um, and, and keep what it is about your music that people have liked and that's authentic about you, but be willing to go, oh, I wonder if we could push that envelope a little bit. I think we first did that on the record right before, that was Comatose, right before was a record called Collide, and we had some of those strings. I just liked how it was kind of, it kind of felt theatrical. And I just decided to take it a little bit further because my background is classical music. My mom was a piano uh, teacher, and so I, I play classical piano. And uh, a lot of people know I played the trombone. So, I, yeah, I played trombone my whole life and, and through college and things like that. Uh, not all the way through college because I did <laughs> – I flunked. But <laughs> – while I was there, it was paid for with my trombone, okay? So classical music was a lot my background, and I kind of thought maybe we should delve into that a little bit deeper on the Comatose record, so. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. I mean, a lot of people have said this, but longtime fan, um, I really love a lot of the songs that you have written and you as a band have written together, and I just wondered, is there one piece of advice you would have for someone who's trying to write songs? What would it be? Mm. You know, writing songs has changed so much in the last 20 years since I started because music has, has shifted, culture shifted so much that uh, a lot of people are writing songs these days that I don't, I don't even understand, you know. Sometimes I'll hear it and I'll be like, that's terrible, that will never work, and then they'll, be, they'll become the biggest <laughs> selling act in the world. And uh, my daughter's always laughing at me. She's like, you don't know what you're talking about anymore. I'm like, yeah, I know. But... Uh, my biggest advice would be to do with, uh, I, I kind of touched on it already, but I think if you're going to write, you, you just need to be real and you need to be authentic. And I think that we're living in a time right now where people a lot of times don't know themselves. So they, th them being, quote, real or authentic just means they're regurgitating whatever is popular in culture at the moment because culture shifts so drastically. And if you keep doing that, you might even be popular but you will never have conviction. You know, conviction is when you're like, this is who I am, and this is what I'm going to sing about, and 
Maybe I could give you a good example if I'm not boring you with my really long answer. When we first started trying to go to mainstream rock radio, it was 1999, 2000, 2001. If, for those of you who are alive long enough uh, to remember that, you have to put in your mind what was on rock radio in 1999. It was Korn, Marilyn Manson, and Nine Inch Nails. Even the pop music of the time, I'm not talking about the Britney Spears pop music, but the more artsy pop music that would be like Sarah McLachlan, was very dark. I don't know if you remember that, but singing about suicide was a very normal thing to do. Uh, singing about drug addiction was very normal. Very violent imagery. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. That's what the 90s were like. So radio stations would hear Skillet songs, and they would say, this is just so positive. You know, they were like, this doesn't even seem like rock music. It's just so positive. It's heavy, but it's too positive. And I was like, really? Because I was a young writer. I didn't know it was positive. I just was writing who I was. They say, not only is it too positive, you guys got girls in the band. It's too feminine because girls don't belong in rock music. So you can't do that. And so here we are. Think about 2000 shifting to 2011 when... The biggest trends in music are positivity. Think about it, you never hear a song now that's not positive. And women and music are the two things. So Skillet stayed who we were then when it wasn't cool to have girls and to be positive, if you will. And then now all of a sudden it's on trend to do those things. So sometimes you just have to go, well, even if they don't like it, this is what I'm going to sing about because it's who I am. Now that'll have even further repercussions and implications for people who want to do faith music when people are like, it's not really very cool to be a Christian and, you know, do this and this and this. So, actually, can I give one piece of advice for anybody who cares, just so you know? The world actually, and media, love it if you're a Christian, as long as you don't live like a Christian. They, so, uh, you, you'll get me preaching if you don't want. I see she's got her Holy Ghost hand going. We will, I will do that all day long, so... They love it if you're a Christian as long as you also believe in, like, sex before marriage. And, and all, they'll be like, oh, so cool, they're a Christian. But if you're a Christian that lives by the principles of the Bible, you're totally out and, and a bigot and everything else in the whole world. So if you want to live by your principles, and hopefully you do as a believer, you have to be authentic in your songwriting. How's it like in the car when you hear some music? Uh, sorry, I was coughing. Say it one more time. How's it like in the car when you hear some music? Well, if I'm in the car and I hear music, what's it like? My own music or someone else's? Any type. Just, what am I like when I hear music? I love it. Are you saying this because you saw me singing in, on my Instagram? Is that why you're saying it? I knew it. <laughs> he had that cheeky look. He was like. <laughs> I, knew, I was thinking, what's he getting at? He say, I'm a smart guy. All right, so for those of you guys who don't know, this week on Instagram stories, on I think it was, was it on Skillet Instagram stories or was it my own? Maybe it was Skillet. It's just we were all in the car together, and when rock and roll starts playing, especially if it's classic rock, then I'll start, I, I, I'll go mental. Yeah, if ACDC comes on, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm back in black, I got the sack, I just knew it's good to be back. Cause I, and I'll start going mental, and everybody's like, Holy moly, rock music just does something to me. You might have noticed on stage, it's my thing. But yes, that's normal. My kids sometimes think it's funny and sometimes humiliated by it. 
but I don't care. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, John, thank you for what you do. Um, my question was, one, uh, what led to the uh, formation of Fight the Fury? And if you can squeeze this in, if you could have a rapper, um, Christian rapper preferably, uh, on a future uh, song or something, who would it be? Okay, listen to all these people. They love the idea. They're like, oh, no, we didn't. Oh. Mic drop. Oh, my gosh. Or as my daughter would go, I don't know what that is, but she's always doing it all the time. Toby doesn't count because I actually bought him last year. Toby does what? Toby doesn't count because I actually bought him last year. Oh, really? I do like Toby. He owes me one, too, because I sang on his song tonight. Yeah, he owes me a rap. He doesn't rap a whole ton anymore. But you know who I really like? Um, um, oh, my gosh. He's on, uh, I do like NF, actually. That's not who I was thinking, but I do. Who is the guy? He's on Lecrae's thing. Not Andy, because Andy's tonight, who I also really love. KB. KB. We're good friends. <laughs> Such good friends, I couldn't remember his name. I was just thinking, uh, uh, sorry, we're friends, but all of a sudden I couldn't remember the initials. Uh, anyway, I like KB. I probably would have him because I, I like his spirit. He's got something about his spirit that I really uh, connect with. And um, he's very passionate about the gospel, which is what, what, I, what I'm all about. Um, what was the first part of your question? Oh, Fight the Fury. Some people don't know, but I did start a side project called Fight the Fury that is more of a, like a metal-based project. And I think the formation was just, um, for Skillet, I write, I'll write 40 or 50 songs per record, and only 10 make it, or 12 make it. And sometimes it's the really heavy stuff that doesn't make the albums, and I'm, or I'll even know when I'm writing it, like, this is too heavy for Skillet. It'd be cool to have something on the side where I could just go mental, you know, and that's kind of what Fight the Fury started, and it was just kind of fun, and it was a different side of me that was a bit darker and heavier. Maybe where Skillet would have gone, like, after Collide, had we kept on that trajectory of, like, darker-sounding metal, maybe where we would have gone had we not kind of broadened out into more of a the uh, or orchestral, theatrical sound, you know, more commercial sound. First things first, um, can I ask an off-topic question? Oh, come on. There is no off-topic question. Where is your favorite place to eat? Ever? Uh, I love food. I can't even think. There's a place in Nashville called San Antonio Taco Company. Hallelujah. It's good, isn't it? Hallelujah, yes. Yeah, it's I grew like, up in Nashville, so I hear yeah, you. So it's good. not even all that good, but I love it. It's, it's like $3 so tacos. or yes. like this. Bit. yes. Uh, cheeseburgers. I went to a place in Pittsburgh called Burgatory. You guys know that? that? That's really good. I love Burgatory. I go there whenever I'm there. All right, thanks. Um, you guys have been an inspiration to me ever since I was a kid, and I was just wondering, like, most bands, they will, they'll, like, fizzle out and they'll lose motivation. I'm just wondering, how do you guys, like, keep it together? Keep it together! I just love music. I mean, honestly, we, we have to owe it all to the success of the band because of the fans. So if the fans weren't listening, then there, there's almost at some point no choice but to fizzle out. You know, you, you got to pay the bills. You got to, you know, keep doing People got to come to the shows, all these things. The fans have just been so faithful for so long that it's just really, uh, I feel like I'm 20, you know, I'm not but I feel like I am. Uh, doing music again, I still have that fire in me because I, I believe in the music. I believe in the power of music. 
maybe a lot of people might not care about this, but I just believe in the God, like, uh, I would call it the, the, the nature of the the nature of music, the fact that it is full of the power of God. You know, we, we don't really know where music came from. We don't see a lot in the Bible. But there's enough in the Bible about music that we get an idea that God has somehow put, you know, breathed his life into music. And I think that kind of theological basis for the reason that I love it so much means so much to me. But I get to see it in person on people's faces when I meet them. And they say, this song helped get me off of drugs or this song saved my life. This song brought me to Jesus. I just, I'm, I'm, I get really jacked up about it. So that's probably what gets me going. Well, I'm really sorry. I just got the look from the boss. And so thank you, John, for coming in. We're so appreciative. You spent a few moments with us. We're really looking forward to the concert tonight. So let's give him a round of applause. Thanks for stopping in. We appreciate it. Bye. Thanks so much, you guys. Great to see everybody.